Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. They're like, I am not compromising at all. My house or my spouse. (laughs) I'm like, I'll just stay single, thanks. I'm going to die here in this home. Okay, 28% of home buyers. I would like to at least get an A on that for next year. Right. (laughs) So if we could bump up the grade to the 90s, that'd be be good. Uh And you're basically giving the advice that she would have gotten from you if she had used you as her agent. It's a big mess. It's a big mess. They already got a realtor, and then four steps later, they're calling the seller. Yes. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top-producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode 180. Oh, good. It's the profile of home buyers and sellers. Woohoo. For 2022. <laughs> oh my gosh. For those of you who have been with us for a while, every year we, Katie, likes to read the <gasps> National Association of Realtors Buyer and Seller Profile Report. Listen. The people like the report. Yeah, and for some reason, it always is one of the top <laughs> listened to episodes. I think I know the reason. Why? Because the report is quite lengthy, but the information is quite good. Mm-hmm. And people want to hear the information, but they don't want to read the information. Like myself. We're doing them a service. Yes. So the service is that we're going to go through the report and tell you all the most interesting details. If you are not familiar with this report, I will read you Mm -hmm. their little summary of how they got this data. Okay, great. (laughs) Might be important to understand. Mm -hmm. In July of 2022, the National Association of Realtor mailed out a 129-question survey Mm -hmm. using a random sample of recent home buyers and sellers. Mm Mm-hmm. They received over 4,800 responses from primary residence buyers. Do you remember how many they sent out? I will tell you. They sent out 153,000 requests and 4,800 people did it. Wow. But I guess what I wonder what kind of incentive they give them. 129 questions is much too long. That's a huge commitment. You'd have to be a really good person uh, to just do this for fun. Right. So the response rate was 3.2%. Correct. I mean, that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And let's go back in time. The report originated in 1981. So they've been doing National Association of Realtors has put together this report Every year since 1981. I love that. I mean, it's just a lot of data, right? Mm -hmm. But in 1981, I'm trying to find, I believe there were 50 questions. 
Mm, yeah, it gets longer and longer. It's, it gets longer and longer and longer. I mean, 129 questions. They're going to have to start doing gift cards or I, something. They need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a lot. That's quite the commitment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, carry on. What else do you want to tell them about the report? Um, but I think that... Okay, know. I'll tell you this. As a realtor, you have access to this report. Now... Um, regular, if someone, just a regular person off the street, an economist, uh, some kind of business person who wants to know about home buyer and seller habits can buy the report. It costs $200. Whoa. It costs $200. And the report is, the full report is 142 pages. Yeah. Katie sent me <laughs> hundreds of pages to read. I didn't tell you to read them. <laughs> in preparation for today. To be fair, we've recorded this episode in 2020, 2021, and now in 2022. And the first time we did look at the whole report. Yeah. Because we didn't know there was a summary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now we're smart. The summary is quite good. It is good. It just doesn't have all of the charts and graphs, which I know you really like and appreciate the visuals. Mm-hmm. But it really pulls out all the most important data into the summary. Now, here's the great news if you're a member of NAR, so all realtors, you can get the summary for free. Very nice. So anyone can have the summary. If you're just some Joe Blow off the street and want the full 142 pages, it costs you 200 bucks. But if you're a realtor and you want some nighttime reading, it's only $20. Okay. Okay. So it's discounted to realtors, $20 for the full report. I just can't imagine the work that went into putting this together. So they sent the, the, and this is the other important information, the data covers a period from June of the previous year through July. And then they send out, so the report comes out in, I guess, November, December, mm-hmm. and then tells you, but you're really following the journey of the buyers and sellers from June to July of the previous year. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really cover the biggest part of the market shift, in my opinion, this mm-hmm. year. It just kind of gets to the beginning. I was actually thinking when I was reviewing this, I'll be more interested to see next year's year's report report. because I like how they compare it from this year to last year. Yeah. Whereas I think next year it'll be a much bigger difference. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a much bigger difference Mm -hmm. because the last two years were kind of all that seller's market up, you know, a lot of buyers in the market. Okay. What else should we start with? Because, y'all, there's a lot of of stuff to unpack here. Start at the beginning. Okay. Well, great. Let's just do that. The report is divided by home buyers and then home sellers. Mm -hmm. Um, Each iteration of the report is as unique as the economic, social, and demographic environment in which it is published. So they cover all kinds of demographic questions, all kinds of questions about their realtor. The report has a lot of facets. Okay. It did say that this year's report does kind of note that it is a year of transition. Okay. In the market. Yes. Okay. Here's one of the first and most interesting things. The distance moved from your last home increased this year. Yeah. People are moving further. Further away. So it went from 15 miles was the, you know, distance normally moved to 50. That's a really far way to go. Yeah. So people are leaving. I guess a lot of people left a city and went more rural. And as people are being allowed to work from home, being super close to an office is not as important. Exactly. They can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So they just keep going further and further away. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the interesting thing about inventory. Inventory continued to sink. And by January of 2022, 
reached the lowest level recorded by NAR since the data series began. So in 1999 was the most, the previous lowest recorded inventory. That's a long time. That is a long it's time. It's been 23 years since the inventory was this low. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, first time buyers also shrunk to the smallest share since the data started. So mm-hmm. affordability, that's not just a talking point. It's really true. It's a problem. And um, it's just 26%. That's not very many. Probably because it was so hard for first timers. Not very many. To win the bidding wars the last year. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to talk buyers first? Where did you start? I think I have buyers. Okay. First. So here's an interesting. So we now we know there's only 26% first time buyers. 97% of the first time buyers finance their purchase. That makes sense. Right? I right. mean, it's unusual for you to be a cash first time buyer with a typical down payment of 6%. Hmm. Okay. Um, which is virtually unchanged from last year. And I just think that's how first time buyers have been for a while, right? Like right. that's a pretty standard down payment. Um, okay. The the standard first time home buyer this year mm-hmm. was 36 years old. They got older. They got older. They got older. People are waiting a little longer to purchase. Right. Because there isn't anything to buy. So last year, the age was 33. That's a big jump. Yeah. And I think that it said home buyer ages for resales jumped as well. To Every- 59. Everything is higher. Everyone who bought was older. Everyone got older before they bought this year. Now, here's <laughs> one thing that dropped. The repeat buyers who financed dropped to 73%, mm. down from 83% the last year because their equity had re- had gone up so much, right? Right. So now they're like, well, we have all this cash. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all in their house. Maybe it's not. But the equity impacts, so they less people needed financing. So your resales were only 73% needed financing. That's crazy. That's, that's what, a huge percentage of cash buyers. Well, right. That's a big percentage of cash yeah, buyers. 27? Yeah, it's a lot. You know, and that's why they had all that extra equity in their homes, or at least one of the reasons. Yeah. Okay. How about the length of time? Did you get this? The length of yes. time a home buyer grew? It grew this year. It went from eight weeks they used to search the year before to 10 weeks. If you're lucky. (laughs) If there's something to look at. Right, right. I I know. I still have a few stragglers that we just like can't find something. And then you start looking so long and then you're driving yourself crazy and things start looking the same and you forget what you wanted in the beginning. Because time, some time has passed. Because mm-hmm. look, buying a home really is a, when the mood strikes you, it's better to get that done quickly. If it drags on for months and months, you really may just change your motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and buyers continued to report the most difficult task for them in the home buying process was Just finding a home. Just finding the right house. Just finding the right house. It said that the group that was least likely to compromise on anything was single males. Maybe that's why they're the lowest percentage of buyers. Right. (laughs) Right. They're like, I will not compromise. I will not compromise at all. I will only buy it if it has everything on my checklist. Do you think that's why they're also not married? Maybe so. That's interesting. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're like, I am not compromising at all. Well, on my house or my Or my spouse. wife. Yeah. <laughs> my house or my spouse. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just stay single, thanks. <laughs> that's really interesting. I was like, wow, okay. Okay, that's crazy, but it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. It does. And the the share of 
single females home buyers keeps going up. Yes, we're a lot more compromisable. I guess we're just like, <laughs> look, let's be realistic, you know. Right. Um, okay, what else did you get on buyers? Anything of note? 86% of buyers used a realtor. Okay, I love that because it's also 86% of sellers. I did not understand that. You like, how is it the exact same? Well, we'll get to sellers in a minute. But on buyers, I mean, that makes sense to me. What, you you want mm-hmm. someone to represent you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I totally think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, 61% of, of buyers were married. 17% were single females. 9% were single males. It's a big difference. <laughs> it's a huge difference. And then 10% <laughs> were unmarried couples. Okay. okay. So this is, and it said this was the highest share of unmarried couples recorded. People are buying and buying and buying a lot more now than yeah. b- before they get married. Maybe before they get married, right. Or maybe they don't get married at all. Right. Right. Okay. Um, of the first time buyers, 18% were unmarried couples. Hmm. Okay. It's pretty interesting. It is. Now, here's a good one. Did you catch the percentage of multi-generational homes? 14%. That's. I think that's getting higher and higher. And it wasn't just some were like, you know, homes where a parent, an aging parent was moving in. And some were homes where an older child was coming back. Right. Because probably a little bit based on the fact that they couldn't find a house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I did note the, they do tell you all the demographic breakdown, but I, I wanted to mention that 88% of buyers were white Caucasian. were Hispanic Latino, and both of those had gone up. 3% were Black African American, 2% were Asian Pacific Islander, and 3% identified as other. And then 22% of recent homebuyers were veterans. That's a huge amount of veterans. Right? I was surprised at that number. It's a lot. Um, And 22%, the primary reason for purchasing a home was the desire to own a home of their own. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and that number actually jumps for first-time buyers. It's 62%. Like, I guess that desire to have something of your own. Yeah. That 22%, they're just like, oh, well, I got, yeah. Yeah, I guess I should buy something. I guess I should just do those. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, anything else on buyers you thought was interesting? Mm, oh, yes. how about new home versus previously owned home? Okay. 88% of buyers purchased a previously owned home. So 12% bought a brand new home. bought previously owned home. Buyers who purchased previously owned homes were most often considering better price at 31%. So that was the motivation. So new construction is getting very expensive. Super expensive. Especially this past year with the cost of everything going up. Right. It's hard to even find them. And now they're building not as quickly anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be even harder to find them and more expensive. Detached single family homes are the most popular at 79%. This next line surprised me. What was it? Followed by mobile or manufactured houses. At 8%. I guess it's market dependent though. Yeah. Some areas, probably maybe more rural areas, would have a lot of mobile or manufactured homes. Right. Yeah, that but is But I would have thought that it like goes Like a townhome to, or a condo. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Like, I would have definitely thought it, there would be things before that jump. No. Mm-hmm. It's the mobile home. Okay. The median distance, we kind of talked about this, was a significant increase. So now they're moving 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, in between 2018 and 2021, it was always 15 miles Right. So they like wanted a big to be close. jump this year. Yeah. Like to where they were already. Okay. 
Um, here's my favorite that will change next year. Buyers typically purchase their home for what percentage of the asking price, Alyssa? 100%. <laughs> Not going to be the same next year. I couldn't year. believe that it it was 100. 100%. Because because all there's all the ones that paid more. Yeah, 28% purchased for more than the asking price. More. 28%. Is That's the- wild. That's wild. Okay, mm. how about did you catch the um, typical square footage? 1800? That's felt pretty big. Yeah. 1800 and three bedroom, two bath. Perfect. And built in 1986. <laughs> to be precise. <laughs> to be really precise. Um, and buyers expected to live in their homes for a median of 15 years. And 28% said they're never moving. Well, right. And we can refer them back to the Forever Home episode because you know how I feel about this. It's a myth. I'm never moving. I'm going to die here in this home. <laughs> okay, 28% of home buyers. I'm going to own it forever. I was just yeah. watching um, the episode of Gilmore Girls uh-huh. when Suki and Lorelai are talking to Fran about buying her Dragonfly the Inn. The Dragonfly Inn, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm just going to own it forever. And they're like, but what happens after that? She's like, what yeah. do you mean? And they're like, you know, when you – or not. And she's like, no, I, I don't understand what you're saying. And they're like, um, hmm. but yes, that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Like, well, even 15 <laughs> years made me a little nervous. I'm like, that's a very people long time. really think they're going to stay for 15 years? How long have you been here now? Eight. It's a long time. How long have you been in your house? Five. I know. Okay. Maybe they are going to stay for 15 years. I bet years. You're, you're pretty comfy here. I I could see staying, yeah. Yeah, for a long time. You're sure. 15 years? Maybe. At least another seven? I don't know about another set. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. I mean, maybe another seven. Then they both of the children will be out of school or almost out of school. Yeah. Jack's 10. They figure it out. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, 47% of recent buyers say the first step they took was to look online for properties for sale. While 18% of buyers, the first thing they did was contact an agent. Yes. And I think we are going to start seeing this a lot more. Yeah. I had a dear friend Mm -hmm. that was not on my radar for looking. Right. Um, They had not reached out or told me they were looking or anything. Right. And she called me and was like, I made a mistake. (laughs) I have been casually browsing online. I wasn't ready. I didn't think I was going to actually mm-hmm. do anything. And this house came up and I just clicked the button that said, would you like to see this home? No. And I did not understand that it was going to give me a real estate agent. That wasn't the agent That wasn't the you. <laughs> right. That wasn't. Right. I, I didn't – I wasn't at a point where I was ready to reach out to you yet. And she was like, now I feel really bad for this – this agent, they oh, are uh-uh. really trying to like win my business. Right. And she's like, so I'm going to work with them to buy and I just need you to sell my house. And I'm so sorry. She's really sweet. And I told her I understood, but I thought it was a very valuable lesson that sometimes we just need to check in or even like do a stories that says. But you had no clue 
she hadn't mentioned she was looking at all. No, she I, wasn't even on my radar. So, like, you you mean, like, you just want to check in with everyone you know? Well, I mean, you, even doing something like an education post, like, on your social media or yeah. something that says, you know, did you know that you should never click the button that puts you in touch with another realtor right, if you have someone? It won't be it me. Won't be me. But the consumer really doesn't understand no. that. So listen, um, this month in January, we're going to air our How Do You Buy a House episode. It's going to be good. Geared to the consumer so that you can share it with your Buyers. buyer or yeah. your sphere right. or whoever that doesn't even know how to buy a house. All the things that you would want them to know. Right. We're just going to do it. How we're, do online leads even work? Did you know agents it. pay we're for them? We're yep. going to just tell the consumer. That's right. We're going to give them the 411. But I thought that this report, there was a few things in this report that really got my wheels turning oh my on God. being like, okay, these are the real numbers. Like this is this the is reality. Are doing. They are looking mm-hmm. before they even call us. Yep. And we need to be aware of that. Well, here's the good news. 86% of recent buyers found their real estate agent to be very or somewhat useful information source. Great. Good job, y'all. I would like to at least get an A on that for next year. Right. <laughs> so if we could bump up the grade yeah, to well, the 90s, that would that'd, be, that'd be good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. The buyer searched for 10 weeks. We talked about that and looked at, do you know how many houses? Five, five. homes. Can you remember five years ago, you might have looked at five in a day. Right. Now you're like five total over 10 weeks. That's not even a house a week. My buyer at the inspection yesterday, her mom was like, I mean, you've just been working with her for such a long time. And I said, I have, but I've really only showed her like six houses. Just spread out really far. Very spread out. Because once every couple of weeks, one house pops up that meets her criteria. That's what I don't like about this market because – the momentum of a buyer is important. Mm-hmm. And a buyer only has momentum as long as they're looking at homes. Because right. if it's three weeks since the last time you saw a home, maybe they're just not in the frame of mind to look. Or they go and they can't remember what else they saw. Yeah. They don't remember this house is better than the last house. It's Correct. too far in between. Yes. I don't have the answer to how to fix that. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. Um, they looked for eight weeks in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Okay. Nearly all buyers used online tools in the search process at 96%. Wow. So your website should be mobile mobile optimized. You should have a Google business. You should have all of your profiles correct. Like the you're they're online. Mm-hmm. 96%. You should be telling your sellers that photos are the most important thing you will do. And that professional photos are required because 96% of buyers are online. If it doesn't look good, they're not coming. They're not coming. And 60% are using their phones. Yep, mobile device. So that's important to remember. Just because you have a fancy, good-looking website, you better check and make sure it looks good on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. Because just on your computer, on your desktop, that you're looking on it when you edit it, it does not mean that it makes sense and looks good on a phone. Right. Or an iPad or whatever people are using. So, so important. Mm -hmm. Okay. 91% of buyers were at least somewhat satisfied with their recent home buying process. I feel like that was pretty high considering that it was kind of a tough year for buyers. I agree. With the bidding wars Mm -hmm. and the sellers not wanting to make concessions. Yeah, it's a lot. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? 
email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com. Email templates 101.com. Yes, head over for reviews and all of the specifics. Wonderful. Hey, enjoy. Okay, now we're going to move on to the portion of the home buyers that talks specifically about their real estate professional. Okay. Right? Are you yeah. ready? Yeah. Okay, this is important information because this is where we come into the process. Okay, 86% um, use their real estate agent. We talked about that. And 10% purchased directly from the previous owner. So bought a for sale by owner. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. Um, having an agent help them find the right home was what they most wanted at 49%. However, to me, that said more than half of the people didn't need their agent to find their home. Right. They made it sound like that was the big percentage. Big, no, no. Sure, the other motivations may have been split. But to me, the important thing to note was that less than half of the people said, I need my agent to help me find a house. Mm -hmm. They need them for all these other things. Right. Right? Yeah. So, and I've been saying that for a long time, but I thought that was interesting. Well, it seems that it, I look back at the beginning of my career when I was setting up searches and I have found a few things. One, they always know what they like more than I do. Yeah. I enter what they tell me. I enter their basic criteria and try not to make it too limiting. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they end up sending me houses that were just not on my radar based off of what they told me. Because I think they're changing their search in the moment based on what they can and cannot find. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just set them on, well, you said this is what you wanted mm -hmm. and then it doesn't, sh they don't, there's nothing like that. Right. They're basically sacrificing what they told you mid-search mm -hmm. when they're searching. Well, okay, I don't mind going up $10,000 in price, or maybe I need to take out that third bathroom. Or You know, they're changing it as they search. Okay, 38% of buyers used an agent that was referred to them by a friend, neighbor, or relative. 38%. 12% used an agent that they had worked with in the past to buy or sell a home. And 10% found their agent when inquiring about a specific property online. It's getting higher. It's scary high. I don't like it. 10% when I saw that, I clicked the button. 10% clicked the button that said, want to see this house? And Click here. Like, Fine. Sure. You're Thank all you. interchangeable. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Right. Just show, come open the door for me. 
Mm-hmm. Very scary. And I think that it can be frustrating for us yeah. when we lose a client, but I think it can also be frustrating for the agent that does pay for the online leads because then that person's like, thanks so much. I'm going to call my Aunt Susie now. She's my realtor. Right. But that is their fault for not explaining. Right. Because I still feel like the way the system is set up. It's a trick. Yeah. It's tricky. It's very it's, tricky. They're not being very forthcoming to the person that calls them. Hey, just so you know, this isn't my listing. I would love to represent you as a buyer's agent. Happy to schedule the showing, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's not what happens. They try to suck you in and then hope you're nice and won't fire them. Right. Like my friend. Right. Yes. Like, please don't, please feel bad for me. She felt awkward. She did. She told me that. She was like, I don't want to tell this agent that I didn't know what I was doing. And she called and asked me several questions during her buying process that I couldn't believe. That they didn't answer. Yeah. Did you ask her? Did you ask your agent? Right. Did you ask Yes, her? I did. And she was like, they didn't know. She was like, I didn't want to bother him. He's so busy. Yeah, working on that right. infuriates I know, me. I know, He's so busy working those online leads because he has to drop everything and go. Always. And and you're basically giving the advice that she would have gotten from you if she had used you as her yes, agent. It's, it's a I big cannot. mess. It's a big mess. Oh, my gosh. But y'all, take note. That is what happens. Mm-hmm. And then you're, and depending on your personality, you might be so hurt by the situation that you don't want to help them through that part. Or maybe you just like damage the re- relationship for the future. Mm-hmm. Ugh, very frustrating. These oh. were the steps that most buyers took. Let's hear the steps. On their own. Okay. Okay. The first thing they did when they decided that they were ready to purchase was they started looking online at properties for sale. That's all buyers. Okay, right. Not first-timers. Anybody. Second-timers. I need to buy a house. Second thing was then they contacted a realtor. Okay. Third thing was then they contacted a lender. Okay. Then they Googled information for the home buying process. Okay. Which I found- Why didn't your agent or your lender give you that? Then they talked with their friend or relative about the fact that they were buying a home. Mm. So now they've probably got like a budget and they know that they actually can buy because right. they talked to the lender. Okay. So now they're like, hey, mom. I'm buying a house. I'm going to buy a house, I think. Okay. What do you think? Interesting because mom can't refer you to her agent now. You three steps ago got right. your own. Right, exactly. Okay. Then they drove by homes and neighborhoods. Okay. Some of them at this point contacted a home seller directly. Oh, <laughs> So they're starting to drive around. To These fair, realtors, man, they not already, giving them the rules. They already got a realtor, and then three, four steps later, they're calling the seller. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No. Looked up information about different neighborhoods, started going to open houses. Okay. Visited some builder model homes. All, all in the buyer rules. Yes, all in the buyer rules on our templates. Um, And that's it. Okay. Oh, and then 1% of those people attended a home buying seminar. Interesting. The the really studious ones. They're like, I need to know more. Yeah. Okay. Wow. How about this? 67% of those buyers only interviewed one agent. Great. One. So basically, they didn't interview anyone. They just worked with the first agent they saw Mm -hmm. face-to-face. Right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And 89% of buyers said they would use their agent again or recommend them to others. So I feel like kudos to y'all. Yeah. Okay. We've already talked about who financed. Um, 
And we already talked about first-time buyers. And they did say saving for the down payment was their most difficult step in the mm-hmm. process. But also, we, we're we learning they think they have to save so much more than they have to save. Right. So while they're saying that was the hardest part, maybe it's because they were saving more than they needed to. Right. I always tell my buyers, even if you're six or seven months away from looking, it's not a bad idea to just talk to a mortgage lender to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're setting the right goals. How much do I need to save? Is there something worth paying off versus not paying off? Right. It's a very good tip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 88% reported that they viewed their home purchase as a good investment. Yeah. Okay. So they're happy that they bought the house after they bought it. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Um, now let's talk about the home sellers. We're going to transition into their selling experience. Okay. So the home, typical home seller was 60 years old, an increase from 56 last year. So the age went up. Um, the most common reason for selling was a desire to move closer to friends and family at 21%, moving due to retirement, 11%. Or the neighborhood has become less desirable, 11%. Hmm. They just feel like it's not what it was when they bought. Right. I mean, if they've been there a long time, all neighborhoods decline based on the age of the homes. Sure. You know? And then it says that most of these sellers lived in their home for at least 10 years. 10 years. So they have been there a while. But that increased from last year. It was eight years. Mm -hmm. So people were in their home a little bit longer that decided to move this year. Probably because it was such a tough market for buyers. They're like, you're not getting as many people into the market. Right. So that number goes up. Okay. 86% of home sellers worked with a real estate agent. 10% sold for sale by owner and less than 1% sold via iBuyer. Remember how scared everyone was? Oh, no. The iBuyer is going to take away my buyers. And sellers. And sellers. I'm not going to have any business because this robot is going to come. The robot is still around, but it's needing some help. Okay. For recently sold homes, the final sales price was a median of, you guessed it right, 100% (laughs) of the listing price. The final listing price. It said that was the highest recorded since 2002. Right. What was going on in 2002? Dot com. Um, it was like, now I was a little young to be like really aware, Right, I was in my 20s and then there was dot-com burst and then the housing market went crazy and then that happened, you know, the, that burst in like 2007. Okay. Okay. But so 2002 would have been like, I guess things were good with the economy. Yeah. And that's 100%? 100% of the, the listing list price. price. Wow. Um, okay, recently sold homes were on the market for a median of two weeks, an increase from one week last year. So already that's starting to trickle in like, yeah, this is taking a little bit longer, even though you paid full price. Sure. It, t- it took a little longer to sell. Okay, 91% of sellers were at least somewhat satisfied with the selling process. Um, you other 9%. You got 100% of your list price. Their agent must have been terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what else you could want, right? Oh, no. Okay. Here, let's talk about the sellers. 63% found their agent through a referral from Mm -hmm. a friend, neighbor, or relative, or used an agent they had worked with before. So someone that probably sold them the house, or they were getting a referral. Here's a big, huge one. 80% of recent sellers 
contacted only one agent before finding the right agent they worked with to sell their home. Hmm. 80% Alyssa? Yeah. That means you almost are never having to interview for the gig. I haven't really interviewed in a long time. I don't typically interview because all of my clients are repeat referral. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in competition. I'm not taking reloads or something that where they have to interview. But it doesn't seem like anyone's in competition. The competition is being the one they think to call. Right. Or push the button on. Yes. yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Because once you're there... They're like, okay. Okay, sure. We'll hire you. I don't want to interview. Else. Yeah. Okay. 39% of sellers use the same agent to purchase a home and sell their home. And okay? it's so funny because I was like, why would they not use? What well, about they, the others? They moved over 50 miles away. Right. They're going so far away. Or like my, my sweet buyer clicked the button and now she's using two different agents. I'm selling right. and they're buying. So look, if they were purchasing within 10 miles, that number went up to 85%. But then I wonder, 15% of sellers within a 10-mile radius didn't use the same agent to buy? Right. That's a strange. Very strange. It makes me wonder, is it a situation like I'm in right now? Or like a model home? like a Yeah, build? a model home. They were building. I don't know. It's very interesting, though. Very, very interesting. 74% mm -hmm. of sellers reported that they provided the agent's commission. I mean, compensation. I'm like, who provided the, the buyers? Provided I know. The other? Was that because the market was so wide? I'm just, I don't understand this stat. Right. Anyway, that's the story. I did wonder where the other part like, where of it came from. Where did the rest of it come from? I don't mm -hmm. get it. Uh, okay. The typical seller, this is so key and crucial. The typical seller recommended their agent once since selling their home. 27% of sellers recommended their agent four or more times since selling their home. That's a big jump. So you <laughs> want to provide the excellence. That's how you get more business, providing excellent service to the clients you already have. Even when I have a difficult listing or a listing I know is going to sit for a minute, my goal is always, even if I don't sell the house and they hire somebody else when my listing yeah. term is up, I want them to miss me. Right. That's always my goal. Do you miss me? Do you miss me when they're we, like, man, at least Alyssa we talked so to close. us. Yeah. Right. We talked all the time. At least we knew she was paying attention. Right. That's key. 85% of sellers said they would definitely or probably recommend their agent for future services. All right. Let's talk about the for sale by owners real quick. These sellers, 10% of recent home sales were for sale by owner. Okay, this is up from 7% the year before. Yeah. Think about how many things were off market, even when they weren't like. So many things. It's just because like so many houses sold word of mouth in that crazy market, mm -hmm. right? Like they may not have even been trying to avoid an agent. It just happened. Right. Okay, we're thinking of selling. All of a sudden, three people you know were like, can we buy your house? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And then the majority of for sale by owner sellers, 50% knew the buyer of their home. 50% that makes sense knew the buyer yeah okay so I don't even some of that means I don't even think they went to like open market no they no. they, they just, just like knew. said we're Someone gonna sell gonna and someone's it. like okay we'll buy right okay um within rural areas 13% sold via for sale by owner compared to 6% in suburban areas so look the total in the in the whole report is 10% were for sale by owner right but in rural areas it's higher 13 mm -hmm. whereas in suburban areas it's only six. Yeah. So if you're working in a city, 
There's not that many. It's not that many. Mm-mm. It's just not that many. I like that it said that the for sale by owner homes had a median price mm-hmm. of two twenty five. Yep. But those listed and sold with an agent sold at a median price of three forty five. It's a big difference. One hundred and twenty thousand dollar difference. Huge. Well, a lot of times they say for sale by owners sell below market value. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're selling to a relative or someone that they know and they don't have an agent involved. Who gave them comps? Yeah. Clearly, they didn't do a very good job of figuring out what it was worth. Mm-hmm. Whoopsies. Oh, well, you could have made yourself another 100000 if you got an agent. That would have more than covered your commission. Right. Ah, oh, yes. Be- these are things we'll share with the public <laughs> in, our, in our episodes for sellers and buyers. Okay, we already talked about the methodology of the report. Um, okay, here's an interesting detail. 87% of home buyers were primary residence buyers in 2021, which accounts for 5,857,350 homes sold in 2021. Mm. So 5.8 million homes were to primary residence buyers. Whenever I was looking at the education graft, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that of those who purchased, the highest level at 26% mm-hmm. was a high school graduate. That's all. No college. Yeah. So 26% was high school. <laughs> to be fair, those people could probably afford a home better because they don't have student loans. I know. That's why I found it so interesting. Yeah. Now, the second place was 24% had a bachelor's degree. Okay. And then third place was 22% had a master's degree. Mm-hmm. It's pretty but interesting. But the high school graduate bought the most homes. Right. Because they're probably in skilled labor or some kind of other job where yeah. they get paid. Right. They get paid. They and don't have student loans. Student loan. Yeah. Love that. Love that for them. So interesting. Super interesting. Um, any other interesting tidbits you found? The household income was the highest. Let me see where it was. Between 85. Nope. Nope. That's not right. Between 100 and $125,000. Oh. So for those who bought, mm-hmm. the highest income bracket mm-hmm. of those who bought make between a hundred to a hundred and twenty five thousand. Okay. And then the second highest was actually two hundred or more. Two hundred thousand oh, dollars or more. The, mo- the highest frequency of people. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then the third was eighty five thousand oh. to a hundred thousand. Okay. So basically eighty five thousand dollars is like the and up <gasps> is the majority of buyers. But I think they're coming out with so many new programs yes. now mm-hmm. that we're going to see these other numbers really Hopefully go change. up. Yeah, like yes. with the bond programs and things. We would like it to be more affordable. Okay. I also found a great article after I read this summary in Inman, written by Bernice Ross in November, um, about how to use this data. Okay. Like, what are we – all right. We now we know a bunch of numbers and stats. Like, what are some things we want to do? She did point out, which we haven't talked about yet, that buyers and sellers talk about what they want in their agent. Mm. Um, When searching for an agent, buyers were looking for someone who is honest, has integrity, is responsive. 
I'm going to give you all a beat, is responsive, <laughs> has strong knowledge of the real estate market and the purchase process. Um, when hiring an agent, the three factors that were ranked highest on the profile um, were the agent's reputation, trustworthiness, and honesty. Yeah. So they're like, please don't use car salesman me. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just be honest. Tell me the truth. Is this a good house? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It. She also was like, well, referrals are still the primary source of business. So we're going to keep beating the drum of you should have a database. If you don't have a database and if you're not reaching out to your database, then you're missing out on the primary source of your business. Right. 41% of all transactions resulted from a referral. Mm. I mean, that's a lot. That's huge. Yeah. Um. She mentioned that you would want to devote at least 36% of your 2023 marketing budget to developing a referral business from your sphere. And then gave some, you know, ideas like we talk about a lot of times, you know, uh, instead of farming an area, actually use your print and digital marketing budget to stay in contact with your sphere. Hmm. Shocking. People already know, like, and trust you and the trust is all they really want. It's the easiest business. So easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she also mentioned for any lead, this is key and crucial. Y'all listen. For any lead you did not meet in person, schedule a face-to-face meeting ASAP. That's good. Why, Alyssa? Because we have to know, like, and trust you. Know and you're a real person. Work with the first agent they see. Yes. Right? So you want to be the first agent that they see. Yes. They need okay? to get their eyeballs on you. Don't let them see the agent that they pushed the button on. And mm-hmm. if you're the agent they pushed the button on, you better schedule to see them in right. person. Right. Right Hurry. away. Hurry quickly. Yes. It said the first agent that meets in person with a seller gets the listing 80% of the time. Huge percentage. Huge. In terms of buyers, two-thirds work with the first agent they interview. Mm. Okay. Um, Now, she recommends to stop throwing away buyer leads. So what does that mean? She says, how many incoming buyer leads did you ignore this year? According to this profile, so our report, 58% of them were living in a home they owned. So the theory here is you get a buyer lead. It's maybe not exactly what you want. You didn't even ask or know that they were a seller too. Right. Like you should have pursued them because they were likely also a Two seller. Two transactions too. Yeah. Yeah. Then you don't have to find half as many clients. Right. <laughs> Just get two transactions out of the one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 58% were sellers and buyers, and you, they just reached out to you as a buyer. Sure. I mean, so you really got to find out what they're doing mm-hmm. and what's their story. I thought it was interesting that it said 76% of buyers felt that they wanted their agent to call them to inform them of activity. 76% of, of buyers. buyers? Like, hey, this new house just came up. Oh, like alert me. Yes. Let me see what they, yes, via the phone, not just. I think my millennial friends are starting to have small panics. Right. Same. Let me find the chart. And and, and my my Gen Zers. Now listen how close it is. Okay. 75% said it was very important that their agent call them on the phone and tell them updates. Okay. See, these don't add up to 100, but... They tell you in the report why that is. Oh, okay. But I don't remember, so just keep going. 73% said they would like a text message. Oh, because you can probably pick more than one answer on that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the most people said phone call. Okay. 2% later, text message. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then it says it goes to 69% sends postings. Postings? Oh, like the actual listing email? Or are we maybe, talking about maybe in the like mail? a listing email? Gotta be. Okay. I will send it to you by post in mm-hmm. the morning. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. It's that's very good. interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Next up, you, sh- sweet Bernice is recommending we prospect for the 24% of people that have to move. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in a rapidly increasing interest rate environment like the one we're in now, um, one of the best places to prospect for clients are those who are being forced to move. Okay. This can result from a major life change like marriage, divorce, birth of child, children leaving home, job change, or retirement, as well as financial difficulties, mm-hmm. mobility issues, or inability to take care of their home. Okay, in the chart, the 24% of the buyers said they did not have much choice. They had to move, Mm. okay? So who had to move? 11% were retiring. 9%, it was a change in family situation, okay? So marriage or divorce. And I do think that, especially right now, even though I think we're okay because things are settling back down, for a minute there, the only people that were looking were the ones that had to yeah, because everyone else is saying, oh, the rates are high and the prices are high. Be I careful. Don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't you need know. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Job relocation was 7%. The upkeep was too difficult or they had a health or financial limitation, 5%. And they couldn't afford the mortgage and their living expenses was 3%. Mm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, then... We use the data to find our high probability sellers, okay? So sellers who are 18 to 34 years old and have been in their home for two to five years. Then you have the sellers who are 35 to 44 years old who've been in their homes six to 10 years. And then the sellers who are 55 or older who have owned their home for 21 years or more. Mm. Okay, so these are the three categories of sellers that are most likely to move by their age and length of time they've owned their home. Okay, so it's different for every age group. How long you it's interestingly, the older you are, the longer you've stayed in your home. I think that makes sense. Right, right. Okay, Um, I'm trying to see if there was any other good tips she gave us. She did say that the 55 and older crowd was a really important demographic. I just, you But know, there's less senior housing. I know. It says, educate yourself about right-sizing and avoid using the term downsizing. Mm. Ooh, that's an interesting tip. What do we call it? Right-sizing. Oh, we need to find the right size for you. Yeah, not downsize. Down. I don't want to move down in life. Does that mean that things are getting no? I'm, things down, are shrinking then, around me. Like the arrow. No. no. The right size. Get the mm. right size. It's interesting. I like that term. Me too. Right sizing. Well, to be fair, almost all of my people who were downsizing were always moving from large piece of land in a large home to a large home in a small piece of land. They were always downsizing their exterior maintenance that makes but sense. they would keep the house the same size they just didn't want the sometimes, lawnmower sometimes they would get the bigger house hmm. but the smaller yard okay for the downsizers yeah because it's too hot outside yeah, you can't cut grass that long they don't want to cut grass they're like no thank you um this was the i thought this was kind of i always like to know where people come from as you know from our toast mm-hmm. but the ones that bought where were they before okay the majority owned their previous home. Okay, right. The second majority, the second highest, 
were renting an apartment or a house. Okay. Third highest lived with parents or relatives and paid no rent. <laughs> okay. Fourth highest lived with parents, relatives, or friend and paid rent. Oh, okay. And then the last group rented the home that they ended up purchasing. Oh. So I guess maybe they approached their landlord and was like, hey. I'd really like to buy this thing. Yeah. Save me a move. Ah, interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. here, you know, since everyone is on their computer first, their mobile device, um, here are the top website features from the report. Mm. Okay. These were ranked as very useful in this year's report. 85% of people said photos. Yes. Okay. Um, 80% said detailed information about the properties for sale. Okay. I cannot tell you how many times I still run run across a home for sale that is not one day on the market. Let's call it a couple of weeks. Okay. With no description at all. So sad. But why? Why? Tell me what is going on. Just write your description. I don't understand. We have a whole episode about it. There's (laughs) even services that will write it for you. Oh, wow. Costs money, but still. Sure. Okay. And then real estate agent contact information 53% of people said that was a top website feature. Hmm. Floor plans 49% and virtual tours 39%. Okay. So those were their favorite website features. Hmm. Oh, that was interesting. Mm hmm. Okay, what else you got? I was looking at the graph on what was their primary reason for purchasing a home. Mm -hmm. And they stopped asking this year why, um, if it was, if you, oh no, wait, wait, wait. They, okay. So if they did not ask the question, they have NA. Okay. Like we didn't ask, so we have no data. We don't know, okay. So the desire for a better pet for your home, a for better, a better home for your pet. They didn't ask? They did not ask in 2010. Okay. They started after. They started in 2018. And people say? Yes. Like 1% to 2% of people every year are buying for their pet. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like if you are a- My dog needs this. Needs a bigger yard. Yeah. Well, because less people are having children. They like people my are puppy having, dogs. It's their, it's their little- They're like, we got to start asking this question. Fur, fur babies. Yeah. I love it. Fur babies. Okay. Important. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think that's really, the tenure I think is really important that I think I honestly feel like tenure for it to fluctuate two years, like from an eight year last year to tenure this year, I really believe that will change every single year dependent on the market. Yeah. Right. It could be a seven year. It could be like everyone decides to sell or it could be, you know, 12 years. Everyone's like, no, I don't want to sell. Right. Just hard to it's hard to predict that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's important to note that this report, y'all, is is valued and used not just by realtors. It's used by market analysis, policymakers. So like lawmakers, you know, go back to this report. A lot of people access this data economist in order to kind of figure out the health of the housing market and how to proceed. Yeah. OK. Anything else? Oh, man. Oh, man. I know. it's so, Look, y'all, it's very- So much information. Much. The graphs and charts are not in the summary, okay? And I pretty much hit most of the high points of the summary. Mm-hmm. And that's a 10-page document. Again, the full report, like we said, is 142 pages. But I it's also, a lot of big pictures. So don't let that number yeah. of pages overwhelm you. It's not all black and white words. Yeah, it's pretty graphs that really show what the words mm-hmm. just told you. Sure, sure. 
And then you can also get the 2022 Home Buyers and Sellers Generational Trends Report. So that's separated out and it's the, basically the same questions again, but then put in the context of generational trends, that's 143 pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of information out there. The key here is you should know some of these key stats they should, some of them are important for you to be able to relay to your clients. I think a lot of them are important so that you know how to shape your business. Like what, how do you use these things to make good choices with your marketing dollars? Right. Like you just, you're not going to market to someone who's not going to sell their home when you want to sell more homes. Like if you want to be a listing agent. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. Um, and this has been the leading industry source of insight into consumer behavior for four decades so long so long it's so wild okay yeah 1981 it started with 59 questions 50 now we're at 159 129 oh 29 mm-hmm. okay that's a lot i think that's a big commitment for people to even answer yeah i mean that's wild um yes and the report is so key because it provides that valuable information on the role that real estate professionals play in the transaction Mm-hmm. So we know it's not a secret. You can tell people, oh, well, you know, only 6% of suburban sellers go for sale by owner. If you told someone who was considering for sale by owner that, they might be like, oh, oh wow. man, that's not, yeah. You mean 94% of sellers use an agent? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to be in that mi- See, minority. I'm like you. I read a lot of these statistics the other way. Right. Like how they said 49% wanted their agent to help them find the right house. Right. I'm like, but so 51 didn't? No. No. They just wanted you to be helpful. Right. Do the paperwork. I know. Help them negotiate. Yeah. They're like, I'll find the house. They're going to find it online anyway. Yeah. I think I really need agents, especially in 2023, to stop fighting the fact that their buyers are going to find a home online at some website that you don't control. Right. I saw someone, another- Who you know, cares? Realtors ask this all the time, but I saw one in a group a co- today, I think. What I'm considering buying a $4,000 website. Do, I'm having oh buyer's remorse before even signing the contract. Do y'all think I should do it? No. Well, thankfully, all the answers were like, no, no. But I, you can't compete with Zillow. No. So you don't need a, you don't even need a website with a search feature. It, it doesn't matter. You'd be better off. Because they still need us to get to the closing table. We yeah. provide value there. But they do want a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just make your whole website uh, testimonials? Great. Right? That's what they're looking for. <laughs> this, That's what this data says right. your website they should sh- be. They just want you to tell them that you're going to be trustworthy and give them the truth and tell them how to do this. And they'll find a house and you'll take them there and show it to them. But you better be the first one. Yeah. Because if they see somebody else, they're going to use them. It's over. They don't have time to come and find you. That's a really great takeaway. Buyers and sellers do not have time to come and find you. You need to be easily accessible, top of mind. In front of your sphere. Yes. Yes. You got to be like, here I am. I'm here again. Great. Telling you another story. Or sending you an email about whatever. Yeah. Right? I feel like process getting simpler. Oh, yes. Don't you? Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about finding the right home. They're all out there. Mm -hmm. I like that. I did see that it said a bigger percentage are driving by before calling their agent. 
I had a buyer that just did that and I found it very helpful. She was kind of looking a little more on the outskirts. Uh-huh. And she knew the rules. She had my buyer rules. We had talked right. about all of that. She's like, I just like to drive around. So um, that used to be my requirement. Yeah, for like please make sure You're that you like the area to drive by because yeah. I will not roll up to another showing where you say to me, "Never mind, oh, I don't actually like this neighborhood." Yeah, you didn't know that. I'm like, what? Drive no. by. Yeah, do your drive bys. That's what I used to tell them, especially if we were trying to see ten houses in a day. You got to drive by before we go out three yeah. days from now. Mm-hmm. Do your drive bys. Let's eliminate some of these. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's all I had to. Note. Oh, one more. Oh, please. One more. Last thing. Okay. You know, I like price per square foot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the I most see this. expensive price per square foot was found in townhomes. Okay. So townhomes had a higher. Space. Yeah, I guess they're smaller, higher price per square, per square foot makes okay. sense. The medium came median came in at one ninety a square foot. Okay. All other types of homes had an average or median of 150 So there's a $40 price. Difference. Per, yeah. Probably because townhomes are typically smaller. Yeah. Right? So between 150 and 190 price per square foot. Interesting. For the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I thought it, it'd be higher. It varies wildly. Yeah. I wonder how in line that is with the median home price, though. If the median home price is in the 300s. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the math? Mm. If it, if the if the houses are eighteen hundred square feet, I don't know the median home price is at three twenty five. Okay, I'm just guessing. And then if you divide that by eighteen hundred square feet, that's one hundred and eighty one a square foot. Right in the middle. Right there. Right there. Right. All all makes sense. Oh, fascinating! I hope that you all were riveted, riveting by this information, year's rattling off of, of stats and statistics. And if you're still awake and with us, kudos to you! <laughs> yeah, you've survived another <laughs> year of the profile of home buyers and sellers. Brought to you by Hustle Humble Podcast. <laughs> I mean, we it's practice- good to understand your your target audience. It's super helpful information that I could see. Previous to our podcast, I never sat down and read it. No. But I am so, so glad that I read it now. I do think it's valuable. <laughs> You're like, I'm not. Alyssa is 0% glad she has read it now. It was fine. It was she good. She came was... wearing her glasses. I did. She did study. Wanted to be extra studious you for YouTube. Very studious today. I'm going to toast somebody and we're going to move on with our lives. Okay. Okay. Uh, today's toast comes to us from Lindsay Anderson. In Vermont. Vermont. I know. In Vermont. She is toasting to Andrea Hosley. Hosley? Hosley. I don't know. And then I'm always worried. Is it Andrea? Andrea? Oh, yeah. I always say Andrea. Andrea. Okay. Um, Okay. Here's what Lindsay has to say. Oh, wait. Hold on. Lindsay is in Maine. Andrea is in Vermont. It's very close together. They're super close together. Okay, we're both members of the Hustle Humbly community. Aww. Oh, that's a great point. Oh, good news. I think you can get into the community right now okay, or tomorrow. Good. The, the doors are open. If you want to join Andrea and Lindsay, you can come on. Um, okay, we're both members of the Hustle Humbly community, and she reached out to me with the absolute best seller referral ever oh Oh, man i didn't even plan this this is good (laughs) these sellers are incredibly kind and value my knowledge and are very receptive to advice these are my favorite kind of sellers yeah um 
They are dream sellers. The listing will be live on Wednesday. This was back in September. Um, Andrea, I appreciate you trusting me with this family. I am so, so grateful to be a part of such a wonderful community of like-minded agents. Aww. Cheers to Andrea. I am looking forward to helping get this awesome family back to Vermont. That's amazing. I bet they're already gone. Yeah, I bet they're there now. But, um, Lindsay, give us the follow-up because I think you're done. Yeah, so if you are not in the community and the Hustle Humbly community. We have the Hustle Humbly community referral network. That's right. So if you are part of it, you will be able to be on the list. Yeah. And enter the cities We've had that quite you work. a few love connections made. We have. I I'm so proud of the, yeah. everyone to be able to find another like-minded agent is hard. Yeah, it's very hard. So it's nice to just be able to go to that spreadsheet and type in the location and be like, huh, here you are. Here you are. So Lindsay got found. Hi, Andrea. And I'm loving that. So cheers to Andrea. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Y'all have a wonderful day. And I guess go get a cup of coffee to wake up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. Bye.